Hello, friend. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It really means a lot to me, and I really appreciate you. If you'd like to send me some feedback, you can do so you can, by email. Uh, you can email me at bubbydavis at icloud.com. But thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast again. I really appreciate it. I pray that it will help you to know God, to find freedom in Jesus, to discover your purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the lives of those around you. The last couple of podcasts, I have been um, talking and teaching and preaching about knowing God. And knowing God intimately and personally, despite of our preconceived notions, despite what our denominationalism uh, may come into play, our traditionalism, but to really know God, friend's freedom, and knowing who God really is and understanding how much he loves you when he proved it on Calvary's cross. Today, I just want to look at a few places in God's word to help you gain, uh, again, some more understanding about the kind of God that we really serve. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, I want to just look at a couple of verses there and uh, just help you to, again, see uh, that God is good. Uh, that's probably what I'll t- uh, entitle this, this episode is just that God is good. We sometimes have uh, a thought process that when we don't do enough, when we aren't, aren't a good Christian, quote-unquote, when we don't do all our religious deeds, that God gets mad at us and punishes us and takes his love away from us. And uh, there's a lot that even believe he'll take our salvation and that by grace is just not enough. Uh, it's like it's conditional, but uh, thank God that his, his grace for me is, is not based on who I am, but who he is. But Deuteronomy 2, uh, verse number 7 says, For the Lord thy God has blessed thee in all thy works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God had been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. Isn't that awesome that uh, for forty years, forty years they wandered in the wilderness. They were experiencing God's judgment. Don't, don't forget that. Due to their disobedience, uh, the children of Israel were experiencing God's judgment. But even in God's judgment, we see his grace. You would think almost that this would be a typo in our Bible that it says at the end of that verse number 7, Thou has lacked nothing. So many people have the view of God that God is going to throw them in the wilderness, make them wonder, not supply for them, not take care of them. Uh, this is really summed up best, I think, in Nehemiah. Nehemiah kind of gives a recount of this in Nehemiah chapter number 9. And as I turn there, you can probably hear my pages turning, but uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse number 7. Let me read to you. Just a few things. There'll be a lot of reading today. So, uh, here we go. Nehemiah 9, 7. Thou art the Lord thy God, who did chose Abram, and brought us him forth out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and gave us him the name Abraham, and found us his heart faithful before thee, and made us a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and the Gesherites, to give it, I say, to his seed, and, and hast performed thy words, for thou art righteous. First thing I want you to see there is that even in the wilderness they had God's promise. Do you notice in the middle of verse 8, it said, You have made a covenant. This was the old covenant that God had made with the children of Israel, and that's under the dispensation of law. But still yet, it was God's word, it was faithful, and it was true, and they could trust it. In verse 9, he would go on to say, And did see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and heard us their cry by the Red Sea. And show us signs and wonders unto Pharaoh, and all his servants, and all the people of his land. For thou knewest that thou dealt proudly against them, so didst thou get thee a name as it is this day. And thou dividest, uh, excuse me, and thou didst divide the sea before them, so that the sea, so they went through the midst of the sea on dry land. And their persecutors, those 
uh, threw us into the deep as a stone into the mighty waters. He's talking there about that great miracle part in the Red Sea. He said, Moreover, thou leadest them in the day by a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. 13. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, and speakest with them from heaven, and gavest them judgment and true laws, good statutes and commandments. Notice there in verse 13, he talks about Moses going up on Mount Sinai and coming down and being back with the children of Israel. Uh, a lot of folks just think that he went and got the Ten Commandments. He he got so much more than the Ten Commandments. He got uh, the, 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 the judgments of God. He got the laws of God and, and the good statutes. And he got so much instruction, over 600 laws that they had to keep and maintain in order to be in a right standing with God. And my friend, if that don't make you appreciate God's grace, uh, wow, what a, uh, so much better of a covenant we have. He said, It may known unto them the holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of thy servant Moses, and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger, and brought us forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst, and promised them that they shouldest go into the land uh, to possess the land which thou hast sworn unto them. Verse 15, not only do you see God's promise in verse 8, but you see it again in verse number 15. He says, you promised them that they should go into that land. And I know that I get a lot of amens if I were to ask you, does God keep his promises? Uh, 16, and they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hardened not, the, uh, not to thy commandments. And verse 17, and refused to obey Neither were mindful of the wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. Listen, they they were uh, getting ready to go back in to bondage, go back into slavery. They said we would have been better off to stay there in slavery. My friend, I'm afraid so many people get caught in that trap today that the devil tells them they were better off in the bar, they were better off in the chaos, they were better off with the addiction. My friend, you are not better off. I'm telling you, nothing is better than being in God's protection and part of God's fold. But he is talking here about they refused to obey in verse 17. It says they were not mindful of, of what you had done for them. They forgot God about the times that you parted the sea the times that you give them many, many victories. He just simply says they forgot about that. But here is a word, a little conjunction, little conjunction, three little letters that make such a difference. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and forsookest them not. Hallelujah. Boy, what a, what a God we serve, my friend. Again, this is all about you understanding that God is good. He said, but God, you are ready to, ready to pardon. A pardon is only uh, for people that are guilty, only for people that are uh, unworthy of that, people that deserve, don't deserve it. When, when you're pardoned, it's as if it never happened. He said, God, you're ready to give them a pardon and you're gracious. What a word to describe our God merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsook them not. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm not him. Whenever they would have been so rebellious, I, I wonder if I would have took my cloud of, of, of uh, by day and my pillar of fire by night and just said, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm taking my cloud and going home. Uh, thank God that he is so much higher and greater than us. But they had God's uh, promise, and you see there that they still had God's provision. And uh, Look in 18. And when they had made... Uh, and when they had made them a, a molten calf and said, This is thy God that brought thee up out of Egypt, and that wrought great provocations. For thou in thy manifold mercies forsook them not in the wilderness. 
The pillar of cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way wherein they should go. Thou gavest also, listen, thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Man, wow, what a God we serve. You see, in verse 8 and 15, you see the promise. All through 19, uh, or 9 through 17, rather, you see his provision. But look in verse 20, you see his presence. And thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them. God still let them partake of, of communion with him and uh, a, a, a great presence that he had with them whenever he would send his Holy Spirit to minister to them. And it says to instruct them and was held as not the manna from their mouth and gave us them water for the thirst. Even when they were rebellious, even when they were stiff necked, even when the Bible literally says they forgot about God, God was still true. God kept their mouth dry, kept their uh, dry mouth uh, full of good water, and kept their hungry bellies full of good manna. What a what a what a God we serve, man! Wow. And I'm, again, I'm talking to you about knowing Him and knowing what He's really like. Uh, even on our worst days, my friend, I want you to know that God is still good. I mean, whenever I don't do what I'm supposed to do, God is still good to me. Whenever I don't study as I should study, whenever I don't witness like I should witness, whenever I get literally like these folks and forget of the goodness of God, God is still faithful and God is still good to me. Look in verse 21 of Nehemiah 9. Yea, forty years did thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. What a powerful verse that is. What a powerful verse that is. And I want to go and give you just a, a New Testament parallel just for just for a minute about the, the, about the goodness of God. And so many people are taught and so many people think that uh, God, when bad things happen, it's God showing them that he's in control. And you've heard uh, people say that uh, God will put you on your back to make you see uh, how much you need him. And God will do all these bad things to get you to return. Well, that's all well and good, and it sounds well and good, but I just don't know that it's Bible. Uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Listen to this verse. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. Paul writes and says that God is good to us so that he can show his love toward us that will ultimately lead us back to him. Whenever we start to get uh, far from him, whenever we have marital problems or financial problems or just whatever problem, physical problem it may be, we start saying, God, where are you at? How can you let this happen? No, my friend, change your perspective to see him, what he's done for you, how he's blessed you, all the good in your life. And he said, child, I'm here. When you have forsaken every friendship that you had, when you destroyed every relationship that you had, when you've done all these things and all I'm all you have left, understand I'm still here, I'm still God, and I'm still good. One more thing I want to just come as we come to a close here in just a second is back to Deuteronomy chapter 2. I want to show you just here a, a quick verse and that'll help you again and see what God's really like. I wonder how many of us have just gone through the routine of being a quote-unquote Christian. We go to church. Uh, we, we may even pay our tithes. We may even uh, pray. We may do uh, even listen to the right music and, and all that kind of stuff that, that, that we're supposed to quote-unquote listen to. But we still just feel like we're, we're, we're on a routine. We feel like that 
when we go to church, it's just out, out of obligation or, or even out of, out of tradition or just simply it's Sunday and it's what we do. Uh, friend, God didn't send his son to die on a cross just so you can have a better social life. I, I want you to get off that routine today and get off that uh, circle today and get off that cycle today. Listen to this. He says, then we turned, uh, Deuteronomy 2.1. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. As the Lord spake unto me, and we can pass Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have come past this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. God literally spoke to them and said, You've been going around in circles long enough. You've gone through this cycle of long enough. The cycle they were on was just manna and water and routine and wandering. That wasn't what God wanted for them. God wanted to be with them and be their God and have a tabernacle and have a place where he could meet with them. Friend, God don't want you just going to church. God don't want you just having some uh, religious experience. God wants to know you intimately and, and personally and passionately. Get off the the religious cycle today get off the going to church today get off the cycle and routine of just uh, saying that i'm a christian really get into the word of god and understand and rightly divide the word of god and see what jesus done for you on the cross and the liberty praise the lord and the freedom that you have in christ where you don't have to keep those uh, routines and you don't have to do that stuff just so he'll love you God doesn't love you because you are good. God loves you because he is good. My friend, you've come past this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. Repent. Turn around. Change your mind. My friend, good Lord, God is so good to you. I hope today that this will help you again. See God for who he really is. Understand that he is a loving God. And get this, even in their darkest times, even in their rebellion, even in their judgment, God was still showing his grace. He was still willing to pardon. He was still gracious. He was still slow to anger. Friend, God's not mad at you. God loves you. God wants to hold you, commune with you, be with you. Today, would you choose him? You do the choosing. He'll do the changing. I'm so glad that he saved a wretch like me. Until next time, friend, thank you for listening. God bless you.